Well, Samir Asmi is listening and he's telling me that this is the longest break ever. I'm sorry, Sami. You're listening to Ain't Nobody Listening on the most experimental station in the whole wide nation. Earlier you heard my interview with Abdullah Riyami. Check out his art at Abdullah Riyami on Instagram. And now I got my buddy Ammar Naimi in the house. Hey, 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 it's Ammar Naimi. It's your local writer, I guess. And uh, I'm here to talk about stuff. Man, can I just say before we even begin the interview, I, I, I want to express how much I respect what you do. And let me tell you why. Okay. I know a few people who they go through this whole process of writing a book and then the moment they publish it, خلاص. I'm a, I'm a book publisher and they never see it through. There's a book sitting somewhere in some shelf, but they like they carry this as a badge of honor. And I, there is there is honor in writing a book. But what I respect out of you is like you don't let ego get in the way. You sell your book. <laughs> you tell people why they should read the book and man that kind of attitude i respect in every field in every way and you demonstrate that so clearly and the reason why you're here today is i really wanted to talk to you about your ex- experience in the book fair in the amman exhibition center you were there the entirety of uh, the 10 days 10 to 10 man i i got there normally i got there at like 10 because i'm amani i get there a little late <laughs> like 10 15 maybe but i usually spent the entire time there just you know Uh, I'd bring my boxed lunch with me. I'd live wow. through the entire experience. It was really cool. To the extent that even when you do go on a prayer break, you post that on your Insta stories. Like, go on a prayer break for 15 minutes. I'll be right back. Like, you were committed. <laughs> yeah, man, because like people would show up during the prayer break. Like, there was one yeah. specific day where three times I would put my bag down. I'd, you know, I'd put the the book, Sodom. Yeah. I would put it on the side and I'd go like, okay, right, hasali, right, hasali. And then somebody would message me on Instagram. Mm. Like, I'm here. Oh no! I, I would come. I would go back, <laughs> and this happened. I think twice, and then the third time, I said, "Khalas, you know, uh, it's a commitment, right? You, I'm yeah. going to go pray. I'm sorry if everybody misses me." So, first question: that stall that you're in, who does that stall belong to? Because I don't assume you you booked the whole stall. Oh, thank you so much for giving me the chance to shout them out. It's my distributor, Family Bookshop. Uh, <gasps> it's Family Bookshop. Oh yeah, yeah. It's no like the way. OGs. I heard I was just speaking to Fatma the other day. Apparently now they're in Rui. Yes, yes. I think Rui is their original location. It's somewhere they call it Mumtaz. Yeah. They call the area Mumtaz. I don't really know Rui. It's too crazy well. they're still around, man. Yeah, you know, I I think it's been a rough decade for book publishing in Oman. Mm. Uh so they moved back to Rui, which is their original location, but they're still there. I've had at least 10 different people, normally older gentlemen, mm. who would talk to me and they'd say, which one are you? I'm like, Maktabat al And they say, oh my God, I remember you from the 90s. <laughs> yeah. So it was, that was a cool experience. Let's, too. Like, they have a lot of impact, I feel like. Everyone I, who hears that they're around, they're like, no way. Yes. You know, because at some point in history in the country, they filled a very huge gap. Yes, yes. And I hope that they get to do that again, I'm honestly. so happy they're still around. That's yeah. awesome. I think it was awesome. Honestly, by just by chance, when I was printing Sodom, some you know, I asked, you know, who should I be distributing with, mm. and I went to different uh, stores, 
And one of them, you know, uh, Alfir, they said, dude, you can't just bring your book and put it at the store. You need a distributor. And I said, I don't even know what that is. So they were nice enough to put me in touch with the family bookshop. And ever since then, they were my distributor for these smaller stores. And I would go to bookshops myself. But yeah, they were super nice. Uh, they allowed me to have a table. Who's the person behind it? Right? Uh, it's Mr. Isaac. I don't know his full name, but okay. if you're listening, Mr. Isaac. Shout out. Thank you for the help. Yeah, uh, yeah so uh, I spoke to them a few months before the book fair. And I said, I'm really interested in having the opportunity to sell my book. Mm. Because I think that it's a product and products don't sell themselves. I mean, I think you like marketing as well. So you know what I'm talking yeah, about. Absolutely. Like you have to put in effort into it. Yeah. And he was nice enough to give me a chance. He admitted later on a few days ago, he said, Ammar, I didn't think you would take it this seriously. <laughs> uh, well, how seriously did you take it? Um, I basically completely ignored the fact that I wrote this book. I feel like authors have an undeserved reputation of being like, intellectuals and being those people who you know they're like they they're the writers they're the high and we're just not we're just people who write words so i just <laughs> i put that aside and i said for for a week i'm just going to be the person who sells the book and i would just i i did the thing where if you watch any advertisement of a stall you have somebody who just presents the product yeah. i did that to just random people passing literally by literally just extend your hand forward with a yeah. book in it and i would have taglines i would say like uh for lovers of adventure or do you want an action book or Amani Harry Potter I would just say that <laughs> and every so often somebody would stop and they'd say yeah okay tell me about the book like yeah sure <laughs> and that's where the fun began um, I would just spend like a minute and a half giving them just a brief synopsis of what Sodom is about yeah. and sometimes they were interested and they'd go like okay how much is it or I don't want it but let me take a picture of the book hmm. And they just, through their pictures, through their like Snapchats and Instagrams and all of that, mm -hmm. people started to find out about it. How, how was sales? You don't have to give me numbers, but how was it? Is it more or less than expected? It or was as way higher than expected. Yeah? Alhamdulillah. Yeah. Alhamdulillah the, yeah. the first couple of days were, the first day was relatively quiet, mm. uh, but people were, people were taking pictures. Mm -hmm. So then the second day started increasing and the day after that it increased and increased and increased. And I think Thursday was my best day. It you, was just, uh, it was... Thir Thursday was, uh, it wasn't the last day, no. No. It Saturday was. was Saturday right? was the last yeah. day. Okay. Thursday was just a completely different experience. Like on Thursday, I, I, and I want to thank everybody. Like I'm serious. Mm. You, I came there expecting to struggle for each sale and then Thursday I did not even present the book to anybody because there were so many people just coming asking about the book right they're like hey you're the guy that we saw on Instagram you're the guy from the funny TikTok you're the guy from the funny uh, Twitter uh, video you said something really interesting uh, and I want to go back to that you said you had to forget that you wrote the book yes in order to sell it yeah and that I would love for you to expand on that because that's really resonating with me alright I like I said, people, I think there's a reputation of authors being special people. I would like to extend that to arts in general, actually. Yeah. yeah because that's how it's resonating to me. I, I think you're right. Although, like, 
actual artists who draw stuff, they have a special place in my heart. Mm. So I think they're special. Okay, fair. <laughs> But everybody else, I think we're just normal people who practice a thing. Um, yeah, Maimoon is a special being. <laughs> man, I love Maimoon. I love Maimoon so much. Ah, anyways, uh, <laughs> just let, me, let me get the fanboying later. Okay. Um, so yeah, I, I think there's a special reputation for authors being special people and artists, as you say. And I did not want that to be the case. I wanted to like present the book as just a fun thing for people to read. Hmm. You know, just an adventure, just an action thing, just a story that they can maybe resonate with. But do you feel like if you connect too much to the fact that you wrote the book that you wouldn't sell it as hard, you know? Um, Because there is that like pseudo humbleness that comes into it. Because I wrote it, I tell people how amazing it is. That's something that I struggle with, honestly, sometimes. And it's not justifiable in my mind. It's like, if you created something and you're proud of it, why not like just put it out there and tell people, listen, I love this and I hope you love it too. And like watch it or listen to it or whatever, right? However, if I work in collaboration with others Mm -hmm. and they played a massive role in it, then I have no shame about promoting it because I feel like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I could appreciate their input so much more than I could appreciate my own input if that makes sense yes that's, that's so, how I started I yeah. think to, be, uh, to begin with I agree with you 100% like mm. if a book is edited and there's a publisher and there's beta readers and all of that mm-hmm. and the same with any song or video yeah I think it's so much easier for you to market a thing and promote a thing that your friends made yeah right yeah. but then can I get real with this yeah I I like marketing. And so there was this marketing book that I was reading. I think I told you about it before. It means, uh, it's called, This is Marketing. Uh, it has like a weird name. Okay. In this book, the guy says, marketing is an act of giving value. Marketing is an act of you presenting the truth of what you made, right? Mm. If you believe that what you made is useful, that it can actually make a difference to a, a single person, then you... I believe that I would blame myself if that person walks by and doesn't learn mm. about it. Like if there's a single person, like a one in a hundred person who yeah. this would mean something to, then But like that should be enough. Yeah. How dare I not tell them about it? Oof. That's how I take it. But then that requires f- belief in what you're doing. Yes. That's a prerequisite in that case. Yeah. Absolutely. You need to believe that what you're doing actually has value. Yeah, and, and that's where maybe you need to either lie to yourself or you need <laughs> other people to tell you that. But that's it's a, good. that is definitely a barrier for a lot of people, mm-hmm. particularly when it comes to arts. It's very subjective, and so uh, people would feel like uh, I've not all, obviously, but uh, especially people turning uh, starting out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm they need to first believe that what they're doing has value in order for them to put themselves out there. And the thing is, if you don't take that step of putting yourself out there, then you're not going to have that impact. Your art is not going to reach people or your Mm -hmm. words are not going to reach people. So what you said earlier about divorcing yourself from the person who created this Mm -hmm. in order to promote it is... So really, I like that idea, man. (laughs) Yeah, man. And uh, like in the ideal situation... In the ideal situation, what you made will sell itself. Hmm. That's not reality. There is not a single piece of work that would be able to sell itself on its own, no matter what, no matter how good it is. Mm -hmm. 
Well, unless you have like a track record and people are lining up, right? Yeah, but then that's your previous work selling your new work. And that's mm. your friends and your family and your fans. But like for your first thing, it's right. just struggling. It's just taking infant steps. It's hustle, man. You got to help it. And that's what I see in you, man. You hustle with your marketing. Dude, You'll I'm go trying. anywhere and everywhere. <laughs> I'm trying to be as <laughs> annoying it. as possible. I think it's working. I love it, man. I genuinely <laughs> respect that so much. So the exhibition, you said it's such a surreal experience. How is it surreal? It was incredible to see people. Like there were, there were I think, three types of people who showed up. And like when it comes to Sodom specifically, mm. the first type of person was somebody who knows me, mm-hmm. like who goes like, Amar, I, I follow you. I read your short stories on Instagram and Twitter. I have read your book already and I'm just coming to say hi. Can oh, you imagine? It's amazing. Like somebody just coming just to say hi to you. Yeah. And then like you just start talking with them with what they like, you know, what kind of books they love. And I just transform into a reader. Because right. at that point, I have nothing to sell, yeah. you know? Yeah. We're just chatting. Oh, and that's I, so cool. That was, that was an amazing experience. Like the idea of, wait, you came, you walked like <laughs> 200 extra meters just to say hi to me. That, uh-huh. I cannot describe that feeling. Uh, the second type of person is the person who knows me tangentially or has seen the book somewhere or has, mm-hmm. you know, uh, seen maybe one short story and they're not sure. And that's just like a standard sale, you know, you're just talking with them, going like, hey, what do you ki- what do you like? And you try to like create a balance between selling your book and actually being honest. Right. Because anybody can lie and say, hey, this is the best book you'll ever read. Right. Right. Yeah. But then like you go the extra mile, you go, hey, what would you like? Do you like, do you like Percy Jackson? And mm-hmm. if they say, no, I just read nonfiction, then you say, Khalas, uh, I think this is the best book for you. And I try to sell something else or I point them the right, right direction. Okay, but you you would nudge them to see what might be good about your book, right? Depends. Mm. Like like I've had people who say like I describe the book to them and they say this is nothing at all like what I like. Yeah. And I say very honestly, hey, I think this book is not for you. Mm. I think you'd have a bad time reading it. Mm. So thanks. Take a picture of it and tell your friends. Yeah. Right? That's and, very fair. And that's it. You so know? what's the third type of person? The third type of person is. The people who don't know who I am, and th- those were maybe like the, the most fun. Okay. <laughs> because, you know, you would have, um, you know, a 16-year-old, no, a 14-year-old from Bdiya maybe, mm-hmm. just walking around, chilling, you know, just having a good time. And then I just run out, <laughs> you know, with my book, just going like, hey, take a look at this. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> and they, like, sometimes they would laugh at me. They go like, oh, yeah, yeah, a book. Okay, fine, fine, fine. And they would just walk away. But every so often I would strike gold. And I loved this because I would meet somebody who, you know, prejudices, right? Mm -hmm. You go like, there's no way this person would like my book. But then you talk with them and you find out they like what you like. Mm -hmm. And you're fans of the same stuff. And then, you know, you would just, you would just like connect with them on a deeper level and they'd say I had no idea that there was somebody like you or like this book mm-hmm. in Oman I didn't know this existed yeah and that was a really cool experience it was also fun when they laughed at me you know <laughs> because <laughs> I love the attitude yeah because because you know it was still a shared moment yeah and it was still like this thought of hey I tried you know yeah I genuinely believe that like 
big shifts happen in your life when you take your goals seriously, but not yourself. There's a big difference between taking your goals seriously and then taking yourself way too seriously. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. then you play things safe. Mm -hmm. Then you're too worried about looking dumb, mm -hmm. uh, and you just follow the herd because. You're a serious person yeah. and you must be seen as a serious person. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And when you let that go, incredible things just happen in your life. I've noticed that, you know, yeah. it, you don't, your, your eyes are on the goal. Yeah. You're serious about that. Serious as in you work towards it. You know, you put, you put in the time, you put in the sweat. Mm -hmm. But hey, somebody makes a joke about you. Who cares? Laugh, yeah, man. yeah. You know, you, 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 like what you did, the hey with the book, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That you, so, I'm sure a person would laugh and be like, you know? Yeah, yeah. I've had. But people, who cares? <laughs> I've had people who told me they just confessed. They're like, dude, I'm just here because it's Thursday and I was bored. I don't care about books at all. And like, what can you say to somebody like that except? Hey, I hope you have fun today. Yeah. And maybe someday you'll read a book. I've, I've had mm -hmm. people who, you know, they told me, and uh, we're trying to get into reading, like, and this was a nice experience. I'm trying to get into reading to improve my English, or I'm trying to get into reading because I want to learn. And I would ask them, I'm like, hey, do you watch documentaries? Do you watch, do you listen to podcasts? Do you listen to the radio? And they'll say, no, oh yeah, I really like movies. Mm. And I would say, you don't need to read a book to learn mm. and that was fun because like I, I think we're in this privileged uh, privileged situation right now where reading is no longer necessary to get stories or to gain information yeah, yeah. or anything like that you can get it from different mediums mm -hmm. and so I can treat reading purely as a hobby purely as a thing we love yeah. and pe some people you know they say no oh, this uh, means that we're gonna have less readers and that's that's kind of true But at the same time, the people who read, they're going to be such better readers and they would be having so much more fun and it's going to be a much bigger hobby. Amar, we're going to go on a quick break. I oh, hope yeah. you don't mind. And we're back. I definitely want to know more about those 10 days. And we're back with Ammar and Naimi. Welcome to the studio this evening, man. Thanks so much for having me. We were talking about your exhibition experience. I would love to continue down that line because a lot of the exhibition experiences that I hear are from the perspective of people who go out there to buy books. Very rarely, if ever, actually, <laughs> I met someone who has spent the exhibition on the other side of that booth. Yeah. And you did for 10 days from 10 to 10. It was really cool. It was really cool. I think I want to tell you about the types of people that I saw. Mm. Not people coming to see me, people just walking around. Okay. And there were two specific type of people that I want to shout out because both are amazing to me. <laughs> okay. And they're both book lovers. Like This is my tribe, you know? Okay. The first type of person I would talk to, and you could see them like either with a literal piece of paper mm. or with a phone just walking around. They were just a beeline, man. If you've seen a straight line, they're just going, and they're like, do you have this? I'm like, no. And as soon as I say no, they're off. So they're focused. They have a list of books they want to buy. Yeah. And they're, gonna, they're not going to let people like you exactly, yeah. get in the way. Yeah. They're, they're like, I will get these books and nobody's going to stop me. And I, I would talk to these people and I'd say, well, why these books? You know, or, and basically what happened was these are book lovers who 
only want the best of the best, mm-hmm. right? And they trust the source, you know, maybe it's a reviewer, maybe mm-hmm. it's their friends, whatever. But they know that there is this list of books, all right? And if they deviate from it, mm. at any point, they will lose control and just start b- buying whatever. Everything. So they say, I will never buy anything outside of this list. Oh, these are very committed people, mashallah. I bet they have like uh, the same list when they go grocery shopping. Yeah, probably, It's right? It's like, I am getting tied and nothing else. I don't care about that offer. Which is, which is, I think th- that's how I am as well. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I just go and I'm like, okay, I'm buying this and this and this and I'm running. And for me, uh, when I go shopping, it's exactly like this show. I just improvise and see what happens. <laughs> and then I come back with a bunch of things and nothing I can use that day. Yeah. But those are like recreational <laughs> visits, right? Like if yeah. you lose something at the house, you're going to go buy it. Yeah. I um I I'm ashamed to admit I order a lot of my stuff. Nice. You're a technology man. You know I I got spoiled in the UK. It's like they have these huge massive stores like Sainsbury's and all and it was amazing. Honestly, I I really hope that um the supermarkets here like uh, do the same. What mm-hmm. they would do is especially for a person like me who doesn't cook all that much, right? You can go on their page and they have a bunch of recipes and really incredible recipes with incredible explanation with video, visual, beautiful. All right. You find something that you like, all you need to do is hit order and it will put all the grocery items in your shopping list automatically and in the proportions that you need. And so cooking became like not a chore. I don't have to walk around, figure out what is this ingredient that I never heard of ever in my life I love this right if, if anybody listening works listen. at a major grocery store listen Nesto listen Abdullah is giving you everything you need okay <laughs> just just write it down listen Nesto this is the next step yo I'm telling you this is what you need to do shout out to my Ma'abela people so gotta put that out there real quick it's all about Ma'abela man <laughs> it's, it's all about Ma'abela so, life so what's the second type of person alright the second type of person is the opposite like you could you could tell by the way they walk like mm. if the first person was a straight line just a beeline mm. the second type of person is just meandering about like you can tell they're, th- they're thinking about clouds you know they're just like do 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 they're just walking around that's me yeah <laughs> that's me and I think I'm that way too yeah. and I would talk with them and they just say what do you recommend you know they're mm-hmm. like I'm just trying I'm just browsing and that's that's the people who I really connected with because they would just like sit and chat sometimes they'd buy something sometimes not but they're just there to have a good time mm. and they're open to discovering something new yeah and uh, I would spend like half an hour talking with these people sometimes they just don't buy anything mm. but it's an amazing half an hour I discovered that talking about books might be more fun than reading them I think, and I think that's why book clubs exist. Interesting. So, yeah, uh, I've said this before during, you know, other shows. People think that reading is a lonely hobby, Mm. but it's really not. Just discovering a community, finding friends, all of that. And that's what I I loved about uh, Masqat Book Fair. Mm. It was just the amount of people who I could see myself reflected in. Like a 10-year-old, there was this one 10-year-old. Mm-hmm. Shout out to you, Ali. You know, uh, just he stood at the shelves and he would just look at the books with this huge grin on his face. And I could tell by the glow in his eyes mm. that the boy was imagining the story inside. That's awesome, man. You know, and you just go like, hey, Ali, what's up? What are you? And, and then he would tell me about what he liked and all of that. 
um, that, that was an amazing experience because it just took me back to being 10 years old um, where, you know, when I was a kid, I would go to uh, Borders and they used to have these big chairs. I would go there at 6 p.m. and I would leave at 9.30 and all I did was just pick one book and I would read from it. Yeah, and they and they keep little chairs there for you to sit. And... That, w- that was my entertainment. <laughs> That's what I did. Uh, you know, from, from like... 13, maybe 12 year old to 15 year old. That's what I did. Did they still have those chairs there? Or was no. that back then? No, man. I think, uh, I think it's the old, the good old days. And the good old days when we were allowed to read the books. When I was your age. <laughs> when I was your age. When I was but a wee lad. <laughs> Listen, maybe we should do that. Uh, actually, we can't talk about this. Yeah. Can we talk about it? I don't know, man. It's okay, up okay, to you. Okay, okay. Uh, I'm, I'm okay. okay. Uh, let's, let's do it off air and then let's do it on air if we Fine. agree. Okay, I'll not say any any of the details, but we might. We are, we're definitely. Are we? uh, from my side, definitely. From your side, definitely collaborating. Absolutely. 100%. We're definitely collaborating on a project for Ramadan. We're doing a thing. We're doing a thing. We're doing a thing, yo. And the only way for you to find out what that thing is, well, there are two ways, okay? One way is to follow at omanfm.om because oh. we update that all the time, all day, every day. And then the other way is to follow Ammar and Naimi, which is, uh, I, I always forget, uh, yeah, it's, Naimo Hero. Yeah, <laughs> it's at Naimo Hero, N-A-I-M-I-H-E-R-O. Yeah. Uh, I wasn't that off. Come on, man. No, it might, it's my last name, man. You, can, you can get it. Naimo Hero. Naimo. <laughs> no, it's Naimo Hero. There were like a couple of people who showed up and uh, they'd go like, hmm, are you Naim? I'm like, no, 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 you got it wrong. You got it wrong. It's the last name. Yeah. Oh, what, where do you see this going? You're hustling so hard. What is the vision? The vision is to make this my full-time job. Yeah. You wow, know? That would be amazing. Yeah. Huh? Like, I mean, what kind of author would I be if I didn't want to do this all the time? Like, I, the reason why I write is because I am, I feel addicted to this. I cannot stop writing. Hmm. So like, top in my priority is to make this the thing I do every day all day and get paid for it and And make a living and like be able to sustain your family with it and then I can rule the world yeah yeah Wow, I actually have a song that would be so appropriate for what you just said you you say something interesting while I go look it up all right Um, I want to mention I want to shout out a few people honestly of course, I talked about my distributor, but I want to also shout out some of the authors I met there. Uh, I had the pleasure for the first time to say hi in person to Dr. Johal Harthi, and I was really starstruck. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yo, uh, that's amazing. Yeah, because Dr. Joha is one of the people who really inspired me. I had already started writing, mm. but I mentioned this before. I happened to be working at a newspaper mm. when she won the Man Booker Award and I did an interview with her. And during that interview, she said, I want to say to all Amani authors that we can do it. Yeah. And that was just like a moment. Like it was a really emotional moment. Do you think she'd be willing to go on the paper cut? 
I don't know. That would be really. That would be awesome. We can always yeah. try. Like I, I don't know her. You know. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I'm sure we can try. I don't know. There's probably an email somewhere. You spoke about earlier, like finding, you know, book clubs and your community. I feel like the, if you want to do that in a virtual way, uh, in a quick way, we do have a show here called the Paper Cut Club. It's uh, hosted by Fatima Mekki. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She talks all things books. Um, she has her book club. I as loved well. your last episode. You were there. Right? Yes, it's I was. the five families. Yes, it was. It was nice. It was really nice. Can like I, it really kindled my longing for that Iranian book, uh, my uncle Napoleon. Yeah. I think it's called. Yeah, uh, that's I'm, all Fatima, by the way. Yeah, I'm when I'm there with her on the show. I'm I'm definitely um, a bounce board, and I'm there to learn. You know, she does all the the research, all the information, all the work, everything you hear is 100% Fatima. I'm just happy to be in the room. And I'll do the technical part. Has she ever convinced you to read a book? Uh, she tried, um, and I started, mm-hmm. but then it it was a non-fiction. I forgot what it's called. All right. Um, but about even less than a chapter in, I realized it's not the book for this time. And I'm on another book right now. Um, for, uh, I, it's, for me, it's very much like the book needs to resonate with the time that I'm in or else I will not put the effort to... I won't be interested to keep going back over and over and over again. Oh, whoa, it's like a crossroads, right? Like yeah. you're walking your path in life and then if the book comes at the right yeah. time. So I don't, I don't actively seek it, but somehow every once in a while a book finds me and I'm like, oh, this is the time, you know? You said earlier, Rule the World. I have a song for you called Rule the World by Michael Kiwanuka. Let's hear it. The Nation Station. 90.4 FM Isn't that a good song, man? It's such a good song. I I wish somebody were listening. <sighs> no one heard that. <sighs> But we enjoyed it. It's okay, man. Some someday somebody'll listen. For now it's just us. Yeah, I guess. But hey, I heard that someone was listening. Oh, shout out to Ali Shahi. Yeah, Ali Shahi is Our listening. main man, amazing musical genius, AKA awesome talent. Silent Angels. Silent Angels. It's a, He does... Yeah. I'm just going to take like a minute. Okay, yeah? please. Silent Angels does ambient music. Yeah. And I love that because it's like a melding of nature, life, urbanism, and music. You can only make that music if you're the kind of person who loves the sounds around you around you anyways yeah. and you see the beauty in them yeah and he's like if you see him if you meet him he's exactly that sort of guy yeah he's just chilling he's just once. happy yeah i had him on the show and so it was such a fun interview and i'm glad you brought up his music because up next i got neon shanghai nice by silent angels that one's for you ali like and it's gonna have to wait a bit will it is it now it's happening right now right
know, lad, that love business is a powerful thing. Greater than gravity? Well, yes, boy, in its way, I'd, uh... Yes, I'd say it's the greatest force on Earth. Well done, bro. Uh, <laughs> that's Ammar's phone making noises back there. <laughs> Hi, I'm here. So, uh, how are you listening to the song through your phone while you're in the studio? Okay, if I don't understand. I don't know, man. I, I had the song on and then I was like, oh, let, let me Instagram this. <laughs> <laughs> and it just became double trouble. Sorry. That was um, Silent Angels, also known as Ali Shahi. Man, I hope you're listening. I cannot wait for the projects that we're going to be working together. This guy is like 19 years old. I think it's 20, no? No? I think he's still 19. If he's had his birthday and hasn't told me that oh, is a problem. Oh, you didn't hear it from me? <laughs> no, I don't know. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Um, did you come to the book fair? No, I missed it. You know, it. it's... I didn't realize it was that short. Oh. Like the day... I found out it was the last day on the last day and on that day I couldn't do anything. Yeah, 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 yeah. I understand. I, understand. I, I love going to the book fair. Even I'm one of those those wanderers to just go around aimlessly and maybe I'll buy something, maybe I won't. I wanted to do that. Mm-hmm. And then I wanted to see you in your element. But uh, at least I get you on the show and you can explain to me exactly why. Sahila, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I live vicariously. No, it, it was... The exhibition was 10 days, I think. Mm. And during those 10 days, I think by day three, and this is like how cool the book community is in Oman, by day three, pe- people started running out of some books. Nice. Like some, some you know, some well-known stuff. Uh, it Ends With Us by Colleen Hoover, um, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, you know, the books that are on the top yeah, seller yeah, list yeah. right yeah. now. They just started to run out and run out and run out. And by the last day, these list people that I told you about, yeah. they were so sad. Because <laughs> they would just show up showing me book covers. And I'd say, we have none of that. Oh, no. But if that shows anything, it shows that there is demand. There is. I, I get frustrated. Um, you know, I try to take it kindly. Mm. But I get frustrated by friends, family members, uh, even, you know, acquaintances who go like, Amar, why are you writing? You know, people don't read anymore. Mm. And this fear is what I will point to from today onwards going like, no, no, people do read. Yeah, I noticed that like, you you know how large of a reading community we have during book fairs. It's like, wow, people are super excited about books. And then obviously in other times you won't really come across a lot of that. There is nothing that gathers us all together, right? Yeah. So in the book fair, you get to see how large the community actually is. Yeah, and I, I think we... We are to blame for some of that, maybe, Mm. because I think people gather their bookishness Mm. (laughs) all for the book fair. And that's because maybe they're unable to find some books. Maybe they're otherwise too expensive for them, so on and so forth. So it's almost like people are saving up for like that special day. Yeah. 
you know, that special period of the year. But there is a lot of different initiatives here in the country that actually um, sell books or off, uh, sell books for really cheap or offer them for free even. Yeah, absolutely. Um, if you're looking for one of those kinds of commu- uh, initiatives, but in English, I don't know much about the Arabic one. You could listen to uh, one of the episodes from the Paper Cut Club. By the way, you can find that podcast on any podcast platform. You don't have to go on Instagram. You don't have to do none of that. Just go to your Facebook favorite podcast app look for the paper cut club and find the one where what was the title uh, the episode title you mean yeah the episode title the one that gives you all the different li- libraries and um, book initiatives in mm-hmm. Oman it's way more than I thought is yeah yeah you, you have like hey yeah let's read had kitabak shuiya care share books yeah Uh, share care share yeah care share care share books yeah. there's then the Olsen family library which is wow, this family wow because yes, 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 I've yes. Uh, I've met these people right yeah and uh, yeah there's like at least six or seven that I know of and I'm sure there are more that I've never heard of yeah so so basically that's to say that you c- if money is a barrier there are ways that you can get books for either really cheap or sometimes even for free Yeah, it it does exist in Oman. It was in, it was news to me. Maybe it's not news to you. You've been around uh, the uh, the scene in a, for I've a while. I've been here for years. Uh, and, yeah, and for me, just starting to work with Fatima, I, I started f- like learning all these things and how large the community actually is, which is quite interesting. So. I, I love that you're sticking around. We don't know what we're going to talk about past the exhibition, right? Like so, so let's figure that out. We're on air. Ain't nobody listening. Ain't nobody listening. So what else is interesting in your life, man? What else is interesting in my life? Mm. You mean like other... <laughs> I think like I've, I've reached the stage where I need to find a hobby. I feel you, bro. Yeah, because like <laughs> as soon as you said what else is in your life, there's nothing <laughs> other than just like work and writing and reading. Yeah. And I think I need to get something. Well, have you had anybody on the show recently who is in any way connected to martial arts? Because I think that's where I want to go. Um, my brother-in-law, Ooh. yeah, he he's a, a Taekwondo instructor and he's been doing it for years. Um, he's Yeah, he's a cool guy. Nice. I, I want to suggest... Are you into Taekwondo? I want to join like a martial art. Yeah. Because I feel like I'm doing something. My work, I sit at the chair for like five hours, six hours. No, wait, how many? Eight hours. <laughs> Officially, okay. eight hours. Yeah. And then like at least four other hours, I'm either writing or reading. Mm. So I need to be Something that doesn't active. require sitting. Yeah. And I got to be extra active just to like make up for all of that stuff I do. It's it's a problem when, it's not a problem. It's actually a privilege, but it also could be a problem when you really enjoy what you do. And, you know, it's like uh, you really enjoy book writing yeah, and reading, mm-hmm. but you do it so frequently that you need to find something that's outside of that domain in yes. order to recharge. But you really enjoy doing those things. Yeah, you, you gotta, you gotta, you know, I think you need to look at it mm-hmm. through a specific lens. If you're a creative, this is advice for you. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you want my advice. I do, definitely. But it's always, there. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if I'll take it, but I want to yeah. hear it. I think we as creatives need to look at other activities and as consuming content mm-hmm. as almost like food for bodybuilders. 
Mm, because exactly because you need that in order to actually fuel your next thing oh yeah yeah Uh, if a bodybuilder i don't know this is bodybuilding tips 101 this is this is the episode right now from the writer of sodom from the writer of sodom who barely does a (laughs) push-up once a month (laughs) yeah but um Uh, bodybuilding and martial arts and all that anybody will tell you you need to eat a lot and you need to eat right it's actually more important than the actual exercise you do and I feel the same way about reading Hmm. if I do not read I will not be able to write well because every book that I read teaches me teaches me something and actually you know it leaves a flavor in my head and other activities also do the same thing like just you know driving around and you uh, see a specific castle or you go on a tour or something that is going to inspire you yeah. so much more than you think yeah. and even if it doesn't inspire you right now it's going to do something three days later or a week later and it's good for you as a human being I mean yeah. come on you got to be active you got to do stuff you know uh, I most of my career I've studied filmmaking actually I was into filmmaking ever since I was a teenager never thought of it as a career mm-hmm. went and did multimedia for my bachelor's and I I uh, like out of all the subjects multimedia is very it's wide range of things uh, I found that I was the best in filmmaking and I really loved it and so I spent all of my mental energy only thinking about filmmaking. And we're talking years. I was an extreme, extreme introvert. I did not leave the apartment. This was in in Malaysia. And I just watched video after video. I had my little cheap camera. I would experiment with things. I I became proficient in After Effects and all the editing software because I, I, I credited to that time. My whole mental power was put into honing this craft. Mm -hmm. And then what happened, and I didn't realize this was happening, was all I could talk to people about was yes. filmmaking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It I was the me. most boring person you could ever meet unless mm-hmm. you're into filmmaking. And it's not even films, filmmaking, like the, the technical part. Yeah, yeah. It's like, did you know if you right click three times? <laughs> yeah, it's films. Like films at least is culture. It was filmmaking. And I noticed it very clearly when I started writing scripts. I had a phase where I really wanted to figure that out. You know, mm-hmm. um, I love stories and all of my characters had something filmmaking. They were either wanted to be a, a, a director, they wanted to be an actor, they wanted to... It was all filmmaking related. It was a slap in the face. I, I was like... What, what am I? Yani, uh, that's it. I'm Abdullah Al-Ma'wali, the filmmaker. That's my entire existence. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. The, the entire value that I can give to people that I meet or the output that I put in my work is, let me tell you about filmmaking. Yeah. I, there, it I, hurts, right? Like just being yeah. confined to that one thing. I think I had a similar phase. Um, I began training I think it sounds so cool when I say it that way okay my Padawan years <laughs> uh, before being a Jedi Knight anyways I'm, uh, I did not get the reference I know I know I'm that's sorry. why I threw in Jedi Knight it was just for you <laughs> no but uh, when when I started like I actually took seven years just training myself to be a better writer hmm. that was from 2012 up till 2019 I think mm-hmm. and during that there was like a year of my life where literally um, I would wake up, write, eat, sleep. That was it. Hmm. I would like wake up, have breakfast, and continue writing for at least 10 hours. 
and it was a very productive period, but it wasn't a quality period. And I think it made me suffer as a human being. Yeah. Because I was so absorbed in that one thing that, I mean, what else was I doing with myself? Yeah. You were limiting your growth as exactly. a person. Yeah. That's exactly how I feel. And I'm conflicted a little bit about that time because um, and then when I w continued my post-grad, mm -hmm. I, I was very conscious about it. So I did not repeat the same mistake. I'm yeah. very happy about how the post-grad went. I actively put myself out there, socialized, as well as, you know, geeked out about filmmaking. Mm -hmm. um, but I look back at my time in my undergrad and a lot of the skills I, ha I have today is because of that time. So it's very hard to feel regret. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, all those years spent in this beautiful country, Malaysia, I don't know anything about it. Oh, nothing. Oh, wow. Okay. Nothing. Yeah. Really, I'm embarrassed, Yani. Mm -hmm. And it's like, this. what an opportunity that... I'm, I, I don't see it as much of a waste now, but for a long time I did. I, I still view my... It's not a waste. It definitely helped me, especially because like me learning to write is what helped me work in a newspaper later, yeah, right? Yeah. But I have learned more about writing in the past two years than I have in the seven years previous to that. And that was because of two things. I'm doing more stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, and so, you know, learning more about life and writing reflects life and art reflects life, Aslan. Mm -hmm. um, and the second thing is because now there are people reading it commenting on it, giving me their feedback and telling me what they like. Right. And that input from them feedback is, loop is important. It's it's I'm I'm learning from uh, Amani readers. Mm. I'm like I'm learning from Amani readers and it's making me better. But uh, yeah, I think it's important to have a hobby. I'm hoping to soon get into mixed martial arts, inshallah. Inshallah, you put it out there and in, into in, the ether. Now you gotta do it. I gotta do it. If I don't, if okay, by September. Uh huh. If you September. meet me, hello, okay, September, because okay. I'm been, I'm gonna be busy till June. Just give me that, okay? <laughs> Fine. And then like there's a three month grace period. <laughs> September, <laughs> September is okay. <laughs> Um, if by September, uh -huh. anybody who's listening sees me out in the wild, mm. ask me if I've started a martial art. Listen, you guys, you know his Instagram, okay? You do that. <laughs> you annoy him. September, it's a you, promise. What? Are we allowed to guilt you? I'm against guilt. <laughs> try. You can try. I refuse to feel guilt. That's uh, good. I've, although that's, guilt, that's actually a life philosophy I picked up. But guilt has its place, man. You're supposed to feel guilty sometimes, you know? I, 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 it has its place. You're not supposed to feel guilty in things that, you know, like like this. I, I wouldn't guilt someone. That's a joke. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, if you, if you did wrong, the fact that you feel guilt is what makes you do right afterwards, right? So there is it's, there's an important function to guilt here. It, it keeps you grounded, keeps you... Uh, reassessing, mm -hmm. don't you think? I am looking for a quote to answer you. With. Yes, let's go. That's how a writer responds, people. Oh, wait, where is it? With a quote. I haven't found it. Oh, no. Okay, so you've watched Dune, right? Dune, the movie. You've, you've watched it? Let me continue my quote. Okay. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, I, I didn't actually. Okay. I've been so meaning. I'm going to give you a quote from Dune, from the actual books. Hello. I'm going to say this quote, replace the word feel, fear with the word guilt. Okay. I must not fear. Fear is the mind killer. Fear is the little death that brings total obliteration. I will face my fear. I will permit it to pass over me and through me. And when it has gone, mm -hmm. I will turn the inner eye 
to see its path. Where the fear has gone, there will be nothing. Only I will remain. That's how I feel about guilt. I feel like guilt... Wait, 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 wait. Give me a moment, man. That mm-hmm. was... Mm-hmm. But I connect with that purely in the fear. Like, yes, It's when it so comes cool, to fear, right? yes. Yes, yes, yes. Because to turn your head away from fear can is I, to not face it. Can I try to do that again, but in a cooler voice? Mm-hmm. I feel like it deserves a cooler voice. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. <clears throat> I must not fear. Fear is the mind killer. Fear is the little death that brings total obliteration. I will face my fear. I will permit it to pass over me and through me. And when it has gone past, I will turn the inner eye to see its path. Where the fear has gone, there will be nothing. Only I will remain. From Dune, a great book and a great movie. But I, I struggle to see that from a guilt point of view. But with fear, I, I understand, man. I mean, dude, I, I believe that guilt is a form of self-loathing, a form of self-hatred in a small way. But I've met people who have no guilt when they should. You know what I mean? Mm. And then they, they never admit their mistakes because they're not feeling anything. I think there's a difference between understanding that you had made a mistake and beating yourself up over it. Beating yourself up is another okay, thing. Okay, so, so it's just maybe a definition. Maybe. But to me, guilt is just, it doesn't, it can be a negative thing mm-hmm. when carried as this weight and then you do nothing about it and you just, uh, you know, self-loathe mm-hmm. because of it. Sure, then guilt is bad. Mm. But guilt is what, corrects your path when you've done wrong yeah you know you feel something like man i i shouldn't have said that and i man let me tell you with this show i had a couple of those moments where i went a little <laughs> too hard on a guest and then later on i'm listening and i'm like oh man i feel yeah, guilty mm. all right you know i i, I will but argue. then i just apologize and then خلاص, يعني, you, you gotta move on with life mm. and, and don't repeat that mistake again all right i that's not how i define guilt to me guilt is A single thought in your head that goes, I am a bad person for, and then insert whatever it is that you did. Now, saying I messed up, I will be better. No, no, that's good. That's a good thing. But going, no, no, I am bad. That's what I'm against. I'm a bad person. That's just, um, (laughs) it's, it's, no, uh, that is a very toxic idea in your mind. Yeah, yeah. But also... You know, just having that em- that empathy to yourself, mm-hmm. knowing that That's I'm a good person. That's actually what Sodom is about. Yeah? Yeah, like in Sodom, Mish'al says something at one single point, which encapsulates his struggle mm-hmm. in the book. He goes, who cares if I'm happy? Like somebody's saying to him, if you do this, you will not be happy with yourself. And he laughs and he goes, who cares if I'm happy? I'm just trying not to hate myself. Oh. Like the entire book is him trying to overcome this. But so yeah, I feel strongly about this. Do, do you, is that something that you struggle with the self-loathing uh, or did? And no, but it's, I've, for some reason I have made it like, I've made happiness my life philosophy, enjoying myself, being happy with whatever I do. Um, being proud of the things that I want to do, being able to say, I want this. And so like not liking yourself is the antithesis of how I'm trying to live my life. Um, I'm sure I've been very privileged, alhamdulillah, to not struggle with this, but the book is almost like exploring that idea. 
it, it, so you you said happy. Happy. You chose that you want to be happy as your life philosophy. Yes, that's a difficult idea for me. It, mm-hmm. I feel like pursue, the pursuit of happiness could lead you in a not so great path. In fact, uh, oftentimes when you're in the pit of despair, uh, in despair. Just the fact that you're you're seeking happiness is not enough to take you out of it. You're in despair. And in that moment, you need something more than just the idea of happiness. Mm -hmm. Something bigger, something more meaningful, meaningful, meaning, purpose. Yeah. To me, that is, that's a pursuit I can understand. The pursuit of happiness could accidentally lead you to the pursuit of pleasure you know accidentally because you're just you want to be happy yeah right so what you assume because you feel happy in that moment accidentally you're in you're actually seeking pleasure and then mm-hmm. when 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 despair hits where is that pleasure to take you out of it mm. yeah when it comes to pleasure i agree 100 percent. but that's the that's the that's the danger of the idea in my opinion of the pursuit of happiness Yeah, the way I see it, the joy of the heart is a noble and pure thing. Mm, joy, joy is a different idea for me. Again, definitions. Definitely. So, what's yours? Um, I I think I conflate happiness and joy. I feel like if something is harmful, then it's not really true happiness. That's the way I would define it. Like if if you're if you're feeling like something is making you happy, but it hurts you, it hurts those around you around you. Yeah. It hurts maybe the way that you think about yourself. Yeah. Then maybe that's not real happiness. Right. Right. Maybe that's why we pursue it because we're seeing all of these different things, and it's like this hall of mirrors where it's reflecting different things back at us, and you're trying to find the real thing somewhere. Mm-hmm. I guess it sounds a little bit like true love. I guess, <laughs> like you know, there's love, there's da, 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 but there's like there's something, there's like a kernel somewhere. Yeah. That is purer than any other. And that is what maybe I'm pursuing. Now, I'm not saying my way of living life is correct. No. Every person is unique, of yeah, course. Yeah, of course. And um, if somebody has decided that they are okay with the way that they, you know, with their own way of living their life and all of that, then they, you know, that's their right, I if, guess. If they're honest... Did we go heavy accidentally? Uh, this show goes any direction, man. But when it comes... If you bring up some philosophy, man, I mean, uh, I feel like sometimes I overthink it. But mm-hmm. um, also when it comes to these philosophical ideas, it's so easy to get lost and forget where you stopped off, right? Yeah. Um, so I'm trying to recall this last point. You were talking about the search for meaning. Yeah, because happiness is an elusive concept. Okay, so if you're honest with yourself completely, not to, you're not telling anyone, you're honest with yourself and you uh, you're, you are pleased with the way you live your life and it brings you real joy, then by all means, if the idea of happiness is what's keeping that afloat mm-hmm. and you're honest with yourself, yeah. then sure. Mm-hmm. The problem is not when things are going well. The problem is when things are not going well. And things will not go well for every single human being without you realizing. Yeah. It could be something external. It could be something internal. Mm-hmm. In that moment, would that idea pull you out of it? It's. 
I think I've been lucky enough to never be tested in that way. I hope I don't. <laughs> but okay. then I think everybody is at some point. Um, I, I have the naivet to go. Naiveta. Naiveta. <laughs> I have the naiveta. <laughs> but, but I am naive enough to say mm. that for me, happiness lies in the simple things. Mm. And, you know, and the sunshine and the water and everything. And I understand that is not the case for everybody. And for a lot of people who struggle with things that I cannot even comprehend, uh, even saying something like that can be borderline toxic. It's hurtful mm. to go like, yeah, no, no, no. Uh, happiness is this and that. And it's uh, and when you're quiet and you're sitting alone. But that is definitely the way that I feel, right? Mm -hmm. I respect everybody who's struggling with Thing, you know, burdens that I would not be able to bear. Yeah. And I wish everybody who's under that burden the best of luck, maybe, you know, maybe... Here's a, a dark question. Mm -hmm. I mean, we have five minutes, we might as well. Um, do, you believe, do you believe in the idea that God doesn't give you anything you can't handle? Mm. Because it really frustrates me, honestly, when someone says that. I'm like, okay, you say that. Have you heard of these people who committed suicide? Mm. Were they able to handle it? I really don't know, man. I really don't know. I believe that... I believe that people are able to handle more than we give them credit for, but that's under specific conditions with the correct support, mm -hmm. with the help around them, you, with, you know, the network and all of that. Absolutely. That plays a huge role. So I'm unable to point fingers at anybody who... And I don't want you to point fingers mm -hmm. as an idea. We're just talking about ideas here. We're not trying to tell mm -hmm. people how to live. We're not recommending anything. We're discussing different ideas that are prevalent, right? Let's be very neutral about this. Mm -hmm. I believe that people have different thresholds for pain pain, and different abilities to handle whatever burdens may come across them in life. Uh, the important thing, rather than going, I'm strong enough to handle this, I'm not strong enough to handle that, is being able to recognize when you need help. I'm going to end it there, man. Oh, okay. It was a pleasure being here. That was here. a good place to end. Yeah. It Listen, was, yeah. uh, just to reiterate that point, ask for help, you know, as cheesy. I know you, you heard this saying everywhere, but if you believe you're alone, you will be alone. But you're not. The moment you reach out, you'll see other hands reaching out towards you. So just reach out to somebody. That's it. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you, everybody, for listening. And I hope you have a good night if you were listening. Thank you so much, man, for joining me. This, I did not expect this direction at me, all. Me neither. Me neither. I was getting ready to plug my book, which is like about exorcists, fighting jinn and fun stuff. That's called Saram. You can find uh, Ammar at Naimi Hero. That's spelled N-A-I-M-I-H-E-R-O on Instagram. And you can find me on Instagram at Wandering Brown Guy. You can follow our station at omanfm.om. And we have a really cool giveaway there. So make sure you join. You can get free tickets to stay at the Dusit Hotel that's up in Jabal Akhdar. This is a great time to go to Jabal Akhdar. So that's at omanfm.om. Abdullah Al-Ma'wali here. I'll catch you all tomorrow at 7 p.m. I feel that. Nobody listening. Ain't nobody listening. Ain't nobody listening. Ain't nobody listening. Ain't nobody listening.